Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Coming up on this edition of On the Mark, DeMarcus Ware, Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos and also longtime Dallas Cowboy. The Cowboys signing Ezekiel Elliott. Chuck Swirsky, voice of the Chicago Bulls and dabbling in baseball this weekend with the White Sox. Ethan Blumenthal talking body issue. And my final thoughts, a special call up with the guy who was not recruited to play college baseball, Danny Mendek. On the Mark with Mark Harmon starts right now. Time to bring in Ethan Blumenthal as we discuss the body issue. That's right. We're going nudity right now on the Mark. If you're uh, on the prude side, probably a time to click off the podcast. Ethan, good to see you. Uh, I did not uh, know that you were such a body issue fan, but this is something you're very excited to talk about today. <laughs> I am excited to talk about it. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would call myself, you know, the the biggest body issue fan, but I think it's cool. It's an interesting thing. Get a peek inside what these people look like with their clothes off. Isn't I, I, that? Well, wasn't that what it's all about? I mean, I find it extremely worthwhile and also disturbing at the same time. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, I didn't really need to see them all having tailgates sitting around nude. I mean, that's literally never happened in the history of life. No dudes have ever done that, but whatever. I, they're, I, that's they're, the move, I guess. It's, it's 2019, man. You got to get with the times, you know, body positive. We're trying to do their thing out there. Yeah, see, okay, I get the whole body positive thing, and wherever you're at, that's beautiful, skinny, fat. What, what 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 people would consider quote unquote perfect but like let's make it legit i don't sit around and i don't think anyone does with their buddies in the nude and eat cheeseburgers now you want to say like we're all chilling out in the steam room after a nice uh, workout okay so that's your beef with it is that it's not realistic enough i, I want some realism man. have you ever seen a movie before yeah, I've name seen, name a couple movies I, you like. I like real movies. I like a terms of endearment. I I, I like I like uh give me Give me a, give me like a nice solid cop murder mystery. The the department. And you think those are realistic? I think that's remotely realistic. Okay. I think that goes on. Okay. I like just take a little peek. Everyone gets a little peek inside of Mark Carmen's mind right yeah. now. Right. Thinks I'm, that it's realistic. Okay, so you don't need realism in your life. I get it. That's fine. No, I mean, you know, you like to have a little fun, live on the edge a little bit, you know? All right, now I'm the anti-fun guy. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I it's, that, it's that gray beard that might be doing it to you. You know, that's, it's, 
I got a <laughs> sidebar on that. Yesterday I went to uh, the bridal shower. Mm. So Chelsea, my... I thought my, that was only for... For the for the women, you're well, the, there. The, the the dude shows up, up at the end. At the end, you open up the presents, you play a game. Okay. So I showed up, and then my father came in. Okay. And my father, you know, he's gonna be 94 in December, and he's all he's all hyped on this beard. And so afterwards, you know, it's a nice day. His son's getting married, all these presents and whatnot. He just starts shaking his head, looking at me. I'm like, "What's up, Dad?" He's like, "I don't, I don't. When are you gonna shave that beard?" I'm like, "Hey, man." Everybody here, all these women were complimenting the beard. I don't need your 93-year-old ass crushing on my beard. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is all these people commenting your beard, those are the people that are your guests. You know, no one's going to say anything bad, but your father, he's the one who's going to keep it real with you. So you're saying that my dad's right and everyone's wrong? I don't think it looks bad, and I would tell you if it looked bad. I don't think it looks bad, but, I mean, you know, your father is just speaking the truth, speaking from the heart, and the other people... They might not be. That's all See, I'm saying. I, I just think my dad's just, you know, he's a World War II vet guy. Like, that's a, he's got So that, he doesn't like beards, the World War II I, vets, you like, know, kind of he, on the, across the board don't like beards? My dad is beautifully progressive on a million different things. But like tattoos and beards, mm -hmm. that's where he not goes straight, it. straight far right. I mean, gotcha. <laughs> no beards, no tats. That's uh, that's Papa Fred. And for I assume, you. I assume he wouldn't want one of those uh, those piercings in your nose. There, he either. would. He he. That that could be disownment right there. Understood. Yeah. So how would he, how would he feel about the body issue? Or have you talked to him about uh, it? Oh, he, he'd be very, he'd have reactions to the body issue, yeah. which is probably like part of my dad is yeah. in me is why I'm having these reactions. I, like, I don't think we need to see the full butt. Like that to me just seems a little bit aggressive. I mean, if we're not doing the full butt, then why are we even here? You know what I mean? Well, why can't we go side angle butt? Do we there really? are some side angle butts, but every now and then you got to show the full picture. Get people, you know, know what they're looking at. Would you do that? Hey, would Ethan. I do the, would I do we, the body issue? Yeah, we want you in the body issue, Ethan. I want well, to see first your... of all, see, it's nice to be wanted, okay? That's true. So it's nice to be wanted. If ESPN called me up and said, you want to be in the body issue, I'd probably say, yeah. Mm. You know? I don't know if I could handle it. Well, if you were to do it, what do you, what do you think you would use? What background would, would they use Ooh. for you? Well, I mean, and what would you use to to cover up uh, to cover up the the area that's reserved only for Chelsea? It is tough because I am an elite athlete. There's so many <laughs> options here, right? You know, great recreational basketball player, phenomenal recreational tennis player, elite yeah. softball player. I mean, these are all options. Yeah, I would uh, just use the word elite across the board, right? With all, right, with right. all of your athletic feats. I mean, you you've seen me play tennis. You know how yeah. strong that oh, is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just it's, it's it's like Nadal esque. Right. When uh, you play tennis with with Carmen, and then all of a sudden you just you get a crowd of people everyone stops playing they right. walk over to our court and they're just like i gotta look at that physical specimen that's the word that i often hear right i i mean i think at this point in time in my mid 40s i think i gotta go with the tennis racket i mean that's the most okay. active situation right now and you know i think that is a good prop to maybe disguise some things that need to a little Understood. bit of disguisement i was thinking maybe more of like the uh, the now famous popeye's chicken sandwich Ooh, do you think that would be uh that would work for you I mean, probably works. <laughs> How big is the sandwich? I haven't <laughs> had one yet. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's a decent sized sandwich. You know, we don't, you know, depending on the day and the moment and the you know, time of day. I, th I think that chicken sandwich is probably, <laughs> it's probably like the day and the moment, time of the day. That, it's all yeah. important stuff. All yeah. important factors people have to take into account. First thing in the morning, chicken sandwich yeah. probably doesn't work. <laughs> Midday, we're good. Exactly. Understood. If it's cold outside, right. we all understand. Right, all right, understand. right, right. So I, uh, I did this thought experiment, you know, Carm, when the, when the body issue came out, I thought to myself, man, you know, all of these great athletes, that's great. But, you know, the coaches – Every athlete, behind every athlete is a coach, right? And so I figured, you know, no coach would ever ask uh, of his players something that he would not, he or she would not be willing to do themselves. Ah, uh-huh. So 
what if let's do this little thought experiment and let's take a look at a few different coaches okay okay who we, who we might want to see in the next body issue if they oh. if they start turning to coaches so number one actually this is the last last version of the body episode body issue because i think espn the magazine's uh Put. They're not going to do an online version of the body. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. the people want after they hear this podcast and see what I have to tell them. Maybe they'll do an all coaches uh, version. I, I think it'd be good. I, I I think that the coaches version might not only. I mean, I think they're going to be doing it online, and it very well may bring the magazine back. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would. Yeah. So we'll start out with uh, my number one. Okay, uh, who I'd want to see naked, right? Bill Belichick. Okay. Wow. So, first of all, answer this question for me. On a scale from one to his six uh, championship rings, what is the likelihood that he would do it? Belichick in the nude. I think it's about a, a one. A one? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, cool. Now, 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 now riddle me this. Okay. Yeah. Which of the following items would be used to cover up? Little Bill. Little Bill. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a, a football. B, a deflated football. C, one of his six rings. Shots fired. Um, D, Antonio Brown's new helmet. Uh, e, his headset. Or F, let it all hang out. I think I, I think he goes with all six rings. <laughs> all six rings. Yeah. Just, okay. just a nice strategic. How would it? How would, I mean the rings? Like so, he's just holding six rings in his hand, or or he's putting the whole hand with all. I with think like he's the, got like uh, finger. I think he's got like say uh, just a little stick. Okay. And the rings are all slid on the stick, and he just holds the stick out. Okay. And, and, that's, <laughs> okay. and, and that's how that's okay. how Bill rolls. You heard it here first. A little stick with six rings stick on it. Stick with okay. six rings. That's <laughs> my that's my vision. All right. Up next, we have who I now hear earlier from you is no longer going to be the Chicago Cubs manager, Joe Madden. Yeah. It's, it's uh, apparently the Cubs are moving on. I don't agree with it, but that's that's the word on the street. And you're and you're not you're not giving up your sources here. I'm not giving up my okay. sources. Understood. I mean, it's, everyone's. I mean, yeah, literally everyone's speculating that on Twitter. But uh, from what I'm hearing behind the scenes as well, it does not look good for Joe. Which That's no big deal. But uh, Carm gets to look behind the scenes a lot. It's a pretty cool guy. I am big. Yeah. Very. Uh, so so why, let's do this. That's why you listen on the mark. Go ahead. On a scale from one to the 130 different lineups that Joe puts out there every year, what is the likelihood that Joe would do the naked body? Joe, I think, is in. You think so? Yeah, I I think Joe's a six out of, of well, 130 out of 130. Yes. All right. He's he's all in. Understood. All right, I like it. I kind of agree. I think yeah. Joe Matt, you know, he's uh, he's a little more he's a little more progressive, I would say, right? Than mm. than Belichick. He's 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 not scared. A thousand percent. Yeah. I think I think he'd love to show the beauty of Madden. All right. Which of the following items would be used to cover up his his little Madden? His okay. little Joe. Okay. Yeah. Um A a baseball. B his list of bullpen arms who are all terrible. C third base. D Javi Baez or E let it all hang out. You know that's interesting with Joe because I, I I honestly feel like Joe wants to be the first and, and the most out there. I think that do, Joe does let it all hang out. I think he goes full Joe. He goes full Joe. Uh, I that's, think, a, I, that's what the the, the new the ESPN the magazine is going to be called. The, the the title of that of that episode in the magazine is going to be, is going to be called the full Joe. I mean, I don't know if he goes full frontal, full Joe, but I think I think he'd be willing to go like side Joe. Side Joe. I could see him going side Joe. <laughs> so I want everyone to close their eyes right now. Everyone listening to the podcast, close their eyes right now and and think about uh, 
fully naked side Joe. Everyone take five seconds. I want you guys to visualize that. That's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> you're, not, you're not visualizing? You're not, you're not about it? I can't go the side Joe. <laughs> but, you know, with Cubs, you know, you do have the trough bathroom situation, and there's a lot of side action going on in there. That's true. You know, that is true. You know, you're having that's, that's the Wrigley going there. If you've never been to Wrigley Field, you should go just to just to go into the to the urinals and have to pee in one of those troughs, or not go just to go into the urinals <laughs> and pee in those troughs. But I, I'm I am one of those people that you're, respects the trough. That's, you're pro. It's, well, it's pro very trough. it's very efficient. Mm-hmm. If you go if you go standard urinal, you're waiting. In, you got five deep. Yeah. Regular trough, you walk right in, you're you're playing the game, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's key. You don't want to miss any baseball. A lot of money to go to a baseball game these days. I agree, and I also I think that we assume right. I mean, everyone's pretty drunk, so they're not. You know, as they see a little side, you know, a little side from from their partner to their left, it's okay. Yeah, I was talking to Ron Kittle, former White Sox player, over the weekend. Ron Kittle was at a Cubs game in the trough, mm-hmm. and some dude is in the trough right next to him. Looks over, I was like, Ron Kittle, what's going on? <laughs> peed on his boots as he turned and looked at him. <laughs> were they waterproof boots? I, I don't think the boots were waterproof. <laughs> and, and not only it's did he pee on, not only did he pee on his boots, he went for the handshake. Hey, Ron, uh, how, how are you? So I think that kind of goes to, obviously we're sidebarring here a little bit, that goes to the etiquette of what you do in a urinal, right? I mean, I'm a big believer. Like, I don't really want to talk to people when I'm when I'm peeing. Like, I'm happy to talk in any other thing. But, like, let me just, let me just you know, focus on the task at hand. And then we can, you know, we can talk. We can shake hands after we both washed our hands. And, and exiting the bathroom right but let's just say for argument's sake i'm at the trough and you walk in you mm-hmm. stand right next to me are you gonna say hello oh yeah i think so. i have to i mean right. it's weird it's weirder if you don't yeah yeah it's in weird that scenario but i'm saying to come up to a guy and just say oh hey what's up man i mean it's weirder if you don't but now it's supremely weird because now i know you yeah and that's that's not that the now now we're adding a dimension to our relationship of knowing that we didn't have before yeah. And that makes it super uncomfortable. So maybe you don't say hello there, but I think you do. And now we're really getting to know each other, perhaps. Yeah. Unless, unless we're both in trough integrity, which is a challenge at that moment. I mean, I, yeah, I know. I, listen, if, I, if this ever happens, all right, I'm going to say hi to you. We're going to strike up a conversation. Maybe we should just do the podcast. We'll just always be recording. We'll just do the podcast right there, me and you, staying, staying at the trough together. Great. Having a really long pee. Yeah, this would be a great this would be a great opportunity for us. Do you do you like it when when places have like something for you to look at, like uh, a, yeah. a newspaper article at eye level? Reading material is good. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Give give me give me a little give me a little fan sided uh, blog piece printed out right there for you. Yeah. I'm do you have in. any specific places in the city? that you like to go to that you're like, Oh, I remember that place. Cause they had that funny thing up there. Well, we were both just in New York at the old mm-hmm. U S open. You Absolutely. made a tremendous effort to come see me in Armstrong. How'd you get in I there did. by the way? You, what was the sneaking process? Um, no, I think I legitimately had a legitimate ticket. No, 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 no chance. 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 Well, I snuck down. I I don't know. I obviously when I was able to sit next to you, I, we, I don't know. I snuck down. I made friends with the usher. He was like, all right, whatever. And he just, he just, he did one of these, opened his, opened up his palm and just said, you know, my house is your house, sir. Is that really what happened? In. I mean, that's how I got down to see you. Yeah. The guy was like, all right, you guys can go. Whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but while I was in New York, Emilio's Barato okay. is a, uh, outstanding Italian restaurant and in their bathroom. The whole thing is lined with newspapers. Okay. So I was reading about like Nixon getting impeached and the, mm. you know, it's a lot of history in there. So that okay. was, that, that was my, that's the last one I remember. All right. No, no good answer. That. No, that is a good answer. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always, every time I go pee, I'm like, man, I wish they had something about Nixon getting impeached in this bathroom. Yeah. Right. So. Right. I mean, to my, to your right, it was like, you know, the Mets win the World Series. Right. right. And, you know, there's all sorts, there's sports yeah. options. Yeah. Don't well, did you Did you choose Nixon specifically? I, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I was, I was interested in politics at no. the moment. <laughs> okay, good. I, yeah. I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to our, to the, the third and final one that I have. Um, uh, the, the man, one of my favorite coaches out there, 
Greg Popovich. Ooh, pop, pop, little pop, little pop, okay, uh, little pop. Um, so this is not gonna be for pop. <laughs> on a scale from uh, from one to however tall Tim Duncan is, what is the likely likelihood that Pop would do it? One, a one. I think it's a no one. way. I, what I, would you have to give to for Pop to 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 do it? I don't. I I mean, I think you'd have to tell him. Look, Pop, if you don't do this, you'll never coach basketball again. Whew. And I think at that point, Pop would have to consider it because, you know, Pop needs his hoop. Yeah. Pop may act like it's a big pain in the ass for Pop to be coaching and talking to the media, but Pop loves his hoop. How, how old is Pop these days? I want to say Pop is 71, but now you're going to make me look it up because I want to so know. So Pop is 71, then we can assume that Lil Pop is also 71. That's how that would work. Yeah. Pop is 70. 70. Good okay. guess by Carm. What if, what, if, what if he was told that uh, a 25-year-old Tim Duncan would appear on the Spurs roster next Ooh. year if he does the, the body issue? Ooh. I think Pop's in. <laughs> I mean, that's hard to say no to. I think Pop's in yeah. all day. That that love affair. Tim Duncan's uh, Timmy D is, is coaching with Pop this year. Is that? That's weird. Yeah, that's right? true. And okay. we, yeah, he, yep. All right. Timmy D is making moves. Understood. Love it. Uh, I mean, I'm a big Tim Duncan fan. I don't know about you. Are you I not, mean, I you know, for, uh, you can't I, not be a Tim Duncan fan. I think you can. I mean, what? Yeah. What do you hate the backboard? I just don't find anything about watching Tim Duncan play basketball entertaining. I mean, yeah, but that's well. The thing is, that's he's got that. You know, he's he's like it's like you look up and you're like, wait, how did he just score 27 points and get right. 12 rebounds and it like have four blocks? Like, what just happened there? And he does, and that's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing because it's unique. Yeah, but it, it's not unique. He shoots that. He, he, it's just this really boring guy walking up and down the street with with no emotion and uh, you know shooting little bank shots and whatever else. I. Tim Duncan wow. never did one single damn thing for me on the hoop court. Great player, Hall of Fame. I mean, you he's love, a Hall of Famer. You, you want to argue that he's the greatest power forward of all time? I probably wouldn't even argue with you. But like power forwards, as far as who I enjoy watching, I mean, I'll take Kevin McHale. I'll take Charles Barkley. I'll take Azillion. I'll take Kevin Garnett all day long over watching Tim Duncan right, play his right, boring right, ass right, brand listen, of basketball. I, you know, I don't want to fight with you. I liked it better when we were just talking about Nixon getting impeached. But <laughs> um, all right, fine. So so shots fired at, at Timmy D. Uh, Carmen doesn't like him. Uh, so let's just. Let's just finish this off real fast. Which of the following would be used to cover up pops, uh, to cover up a little pop? Okay. Um, a basketball, his whiteboard that he draws up plays on, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, or he lets it all hang out. And I know, I think he goes with a basketball. There's the so basketball. much love for basketball. Mm-hmm. He probably, I think, I think pop sleeps with like five basketballs. Uses one for back support, has one in front of him. Probably his pillows. And then his wife sleeps on just a separate bed. Maybe? Right. Yeah. Yes, okay. pretty much. I, that's how I see it. <laughs> okay. Um, so Pop's got a king, king size bed to himself. I'm sure it's a big room. I mean, he's he's made some money in his yeah. life, right? Big yeah. room, and he's sleeping in a king size bed, five basketballs. Spalding. Spalding. Yeah. Is that the official basketball? The official NBA? ball of the NBA. That's okay. what Pop's using. Okay. You know, I never liked Spalding. I was always like a Wilson Evolution. Right. I mean, maybe I haven't had like the nice Spalding balls that I feel like all the Spalding ones are always pretty shitty and slippery. And slippery, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. right. I don't, I don't get it. And yeah. the Wilson Evolution ones, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, great, are, great grip. That's the great. That's the best ball there is. Yeah, that's like, that's where we. That's I, I bond with you on that. Yeah, you, good, me, good, 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 good. I just wanted that because I felt like we were just we're, our relationship was being a little bit well. You strayed there from uh, from the Timmy D. You you were very rattled by that. I, I, I upset you. Yeah, uh, but you know, of course, nobody would necessarily agree. But I, I think I'm dead ass right on that. All right. Continue is, on. Is there is there anyone that I that I missed? You know, I wanted to throw in Andy Reid uh, in here. What, what what do you think about Andy Reid going doing the body issue? Yeah, that's where I get uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone anyone else that I, that I missed that maybe would would do well in the body issue? 
who did I you, mean this, there's some good looking coaches out there first of all who did you, know? you miss that would do well in the body issue I mean Tom Thibodeau yeah I don't he's see t- head coach I don't anymore. see Tibbs doing it and yeah if we're looking for current head coaches he's not a candidate um, let me think about this for one more second. This is going to be in the 2020 body issue, so maybe he'll be a head coach by then. Right. What is he uh, doing now? He's just an ESPN analyst? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but I don't think Tibbs is uh, – doesn't seem like he's getting a head coaching gig anytime soon. I'd hire Tom Thibodeau yesterday, but uh, for whatever reason, people are looking at Tibbs in a way of – that he's not ready to be modern with the NBA or whatever they're thinking. Are you, are you a Tibbs fan? I'm a Tibbs fan. Me too. I love right, Tibbs. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, like, I like this if we get back to it, to agreeing yeah. on stuff. You know, you know, Nixon got impeached and we got this. I like it. All right. I'm going to go with Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi. I think he's going to be yeah. the new manager of the Cubs. And uh, he's, he keeps good care, care of himself. And for us uh, men who are heading into our, you know, Middle age domination. I, I I'd like to be inspired by Girardi. I really like that. What you, middle age domination. Yeah, Man, I like that. This is the, we're not. This is not time to take chips off the table. This is time to put chips on the table. Oh, it's some morning morning motivation from Mark Harmon. You know, you 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 you've battled to this point. The mind is even better. Don't don't let you know people tell you you can't do it. Just get in there. Do that. Do the extra work you need to do, and take it to the next level. Gotcha. That's I like how it. I see it. So I, I, we, didn't, we didn't talk about this earlier, but what would it take? I know you said you wouldn't want to do the body issue, but what would it take? Money. What would you, <laughs> and how much? Let's put a, number, put a number to it. For me to do the body issue. And it's out there. I mean, the whole world's going to see it with a Popeye's chicken sandwich with, covering with up. With a Popeye's arm. chicken sandwich? I'm, I'm probably in for, for, for I, mean, I think I'd do it for 10 grand. 10 grand? Okay. All right. That's I'm not being, that high. I, That's not that no, high. No, no, yeah. it's, it's not going to take a whole lot. It's not going to take a whole lot. I mean, would I do it for $1,000? Probably not. Well, I guess I just said I would you do it would for do free. It for free. I, mean, I would do it for free, but I'd rather someone give me <laughs> ten grand for it, too, though. 10G. Can yeah. I get a 10G? I'll do yeah. the body issue. Otherwise, I'm good. Gotcha. We'll see. We'll start a GoFundMe for Carm doing the body issue next year. 10 grand is what it's going to take. We you can, heard it here first on the podcast. I feel like we could get that done. I think we might be able to. Yeah. Ethan, good to see you. A pleasure, as always. Busy day for On The Mark. We start with DeMarcus Ware, who was one of the greatest players in football history getting to the quarterback eighth all-time in sacks and a proponent that the Dallas Cowboys are actually going to be in the Super Bowl. DeMarcus explains right now. The nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl 50 champion, a four-time first-team All-Pro, and maybe most importantly, Dancing with the Stars, season 27. DeMarcus Ware, good. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a big-time accomplishment right there, perhaps what I'm most jealous about. You're, you're teaming up with Snickers today to reward the NFL's hungriest players and fans. We'll get to that in a second here. But breaking news as we're talking here, DeMarcus, that Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys have come to a deal, six years, $90 million, 50 of that's guaranteed, which is huge, huge money for a running back nowadays do you, do you trust that Zeke is going to live up to that in today's NFL I think the thing is man he will be able to live up to that because I mean the last years that he's been playing you can see how first of all the percentage of carries that he's been having has been just remarkable and how many yards he's been putting up so the consistency is there um and I think that this right here is like a sigh of relief for the Dallas Cowboys fans, but also myself that whew, they can take a deep breath. We have we have Zeke back. 
and um, now we can really go and win some football games. I understand they put a lot on Pollard, but he's not a every down back, which is needed, um, like the Dallas Cowboys need. So I just think that, you know, everything is now settled. And uh, it's a really, really big contract, and he has to live up to a lot and put, you know, the team on his back and carry him to a championship. So some people think that Jerry Jones got played here and that Jerry just is always going to pay his guys and he's not really paying attention to the landscape. But, I mean, do you think that Jerry got taken just a little bit here or apparently not? I don't think he's gotten taken because you look at a guy like Zeke and what he brings to the game. What other player can do what he's been doing? What, Todd Gurley? Um, There's only like maybe two or three backs that maybe can do what he do, but also a guy that can is like a game changer. And that's what he's paying for. He's paying for his game changer. Now he has a two-headed monster with Dak and, and Zeke, and now he's going to, you know, either franchise or sign uh, Amari Cooper, and he's going to have the total team. I mean, you can look at how much talent they have I mean, on defense. Still, you just signed Jalen, and you got Vander Esch and Sean Lee, to name a few. And on offense, you got your right tackle with, with Collins. And, and, I mean, you just think about what they can do with the team they have right now. This is a, to me, a must-win championship-type season, especially with Jason Witten coming back. So do you think the Cowboys are the favorite in the, in the East? Would you say that? I think I think they are favorite in the East, but they're right behind them in Philly because you know how good the Philadelphia Eagles are. And, uh, and we're, we're going to see. I mean, the first game is going to be against the Giants, and then you're going to play Washington. So you should be able to beat both of those teams um, and really get ahead in the NFC East and, uh, and keep going from there. How much do you think the holdout uh, will hurt Zeke? Because to step in game one and be ready, that's asking a lot. It, it is asking a lot. And uh, what I would expect, if I'm sitting in the locker room and I see Zeke come in and I've been through tra- training camp, first of all, I'm excited that he's back and uh, saying that, I know we got the Zeke that I'm used to seeing, but then I'm going to watch him in practice and see how much endurance he has because it's different. I mean, you can practice without the pads on, but when you put those pads on, those are 10 to 15 extra pounds you got to carry for three or four hours. So I want to just, I would say, I want to see how, how good of a shape he's in. And if I see that, great. That means I got a Zeke with fresh legs, and, uh, and let's go and win. I mean, DeMarcus, you're a world-class athlete. I'm not quite on your level, but, you know, I play my tennis, and I was out there the other day, and I blew up my hamstring. I'm, I, I'm just, this dude hasn't been on the field. He pushes it. You know, he got, a, he got an elite defensive lineman coming after him. That's an injury waiting to happen, is it not? I think, I think uh, it's all about how, they, how he's been conditioning in Cabo. I know Cabo's been hot, just like Texas, and the first game is going to be in Texas, so... It's all about how he's been practicing, how they're going to use him. I know they have Pollard, so I don't feel like he's going to play the whole game. But also, scheme-wise, what are they going to do? He can't run 90% of the time like he's been doing it because we know that you know the game's going to take a toll on you. But him being out there is better than him not being out there because now you can, guess what, you can play action a lot. You still got to account for Zeke. And, uh, but I'm wondering to see what type of scheme they're going to run uh, their first game. All right, fair enough. Would you pay Dak make him a franchise quarterback? I would. I would. From my standpoint, I would probably say I would have no reason to. Uh, I would pay Dak 
because I couldn't find a first-round draft pick to do what he can do. He's proven saying that he can go in and make you know make the playoffs, but you know now he has to go out and close it out. And this is an opportunity to prove that um, that he can do that. And um, I mean, you can go get a first round draft pick all you want, but they're proven. And you know, there's been a lot of bust uh, in that area. So I would say I, I would pay what I got in that uh, getting all the team together with Dak, Zeke, and uh, Amari Cooper. So okay, you're 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 paying Amari too. I mean, I'm paying Amari too because um, Dak is not Dak without Amari. Fair enough. And Fair you can look at and, and the and the statistics say that if you want to look it up. I think he's seventy six seventy six percent better when he's in the game. So, all right, let's get to your work here with Snickers. You guys are collaborating with the jeweler and entrepreneur Ben Baller. And uh, you're unveiling an iced-out chain that's passed from one player yeah. to another this season for who's the hungriest out there. Uh, DeMarcus, you would have been uh, getting a couple of these chains. How are you going to decide here? I know you're involved in, <laughs> in, in checking out the landscape here. You know, the thing is, you know, I'm the first player to come in and say, uh, and who is the hungriest and the most deserving of this chain on and off the field, not just for on-the-field performance, but off the field accolades from charity work that you do as well. And that's why we want the 12th man to really get involved, to go in and go to, you know, um, hashtag Snickers chain to really see where this chain is going. Because each week that player, once I give them this chain, is going to have to give it to another player that's performing to that standard. And the fans can get involved in this and they can also win things. And, uh, and you can go to all their social handles, you know, Snickers on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uh, to see where the chain is going. It's almost like it's going to be like a flat Stanley. And there's going to be a story that's going to end up being able to be given away at the end of the season in a monetary value of the chain to their charity, of their choosing. And I think this right here is just a great thing to be part of. I mean, monetary value, $60,000, that's not nothing. We actually that's, have, a, that's a lot of bread. That's that a is lot, a lot of bread. That's serious dough right there. <laughs> we got the cha- we have the champ chain at Fansided, which goes to who's performing the best. We give that out basically weekly, but we don't have any sixty thousand dollar price tag with it, Demarcus. I, I think that'd be a. And you know you got you know you got sixty thousand dollars in the bank account. I mean, you can make the chain up there, and I can you know I can give it out if you want to. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> hey, uh, can, will you tell me a Jerry Jones story? Everybody's got one. I know that he he told Bill Parcells, "Hey, no no Marcus Spears. I want Demarcus Ware at number 11. You guys have to have some level of bond that maybe you could share something. Yeah, you know, the thing is with, with Bill Parcells, he's one of those guys where he loves to play mind games. And as a rookie, when you first come in, you have to make sure that you get him Gatorade on every single break of practice. And I didn't know that. So Julius Jones uh, at the time, he comes to me and he says, DeMarcus, you know Jerry Jones likes blue Gatorade, right? I'm like, all right, sure. And all of a sudden I get it from the trainers. Let's say if I'm on my 20-yard line, Bill Parcells is at the end zone on the other side. And I have to run all the way down there on my break while everybody's resting and go and take him his Gatorade. So I take him blue Gatorade, and he looks at me. He says, DeMarcus, you know I don't like blue Gatorade. I like orange Gatorade. So first of all, as a rookie, you're playing mind games with me. You give me the wrong Gatorade color, and I'm already intimidated of Bill Parcells. And so I have to run all the way back over there and get the orange Gatorade for him. And that's, that's my story, one of my stories about Bill Parcells, that no matter what, you're doing he's going to play my games with you 
but also you're going to come out as a better player because his expectations are you, of you are really, really high. Jerry told you to bring the wrong Gatorade. Did I hear that right? No, Julius Jones. Oh, Julius Jones. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He was the first round draft pick before me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you ever walk into Jerry's office and have a conversation? Anything anything funny happened there? You know the thing is like um I walked in his, his office a lot, but one of the things that really stood out for me is when I saw um Ezekiel Elliott getting off of the plane, I'm like, Oh man, he's gonna go into the dungeon. And what I mean by the dungeon is when you go into Jerry Jones's office, the lights are really dim and there's no candle in there. And you're sitting there and he's looking at you. And he's he's going to talk to you from a business standpoint, man to man, with straight eye to eye contact, no smiles. And he's going to say, "Hey, are you going to take this six year, ninety million dollar contract? And are you going to be the empty bucket for the Dallas Cowboys?" And you're going to say, "Yes," with no choice. And I knew that Zeke was going to sign once he got off of that plane because you, you, you it's unescapable. I mean, he's one of those guys where he's a business minded. Um, owner, great owner, and uh, and he gets the job done. And he did that. So you think Jerry dimmed the lights, stared into Zeke's eyes, and they made it happen? And, 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 and it's a candle in there lit, flickering, <laughs> letting you know that your time is running out if that stem on the bottom of that candle goes out. Wow. So take the deal. <laughs> hey, last one, Marcus. Big, biggest difference between the Cowboy organization and the Broncos organization? What would you say? I think uh, the thing is, like, both of them are two different organizations. One's in the mountains, one's in the, you know, in the, in, the, uh, in Texas. And uh, they both do big things. I was able to win a championship uh, with the Denver Broncos and then with the Dallas Cowboys. That's where I started my career. And uh, both of them are great owners. Owners that know how to treat the players, and the players are always number one, and they pay their players. Their players. You, know, you can look at bowling, RIP, to, to the bowling. And uh, great owner. And then with Jerry Jones. The, the, the top guy when you start talking about the, uh, one of the best owners in the NFL. Yeah. When you're having that rough day, you pop in that Snickers. Does the whole face change? Say again? When you're having a rough day and you're a little hungry, do you go for the Snickers and then your whole face changes and then uh, you go for uh, listen, Your whole face changes and I put the chain on and then everything just starts getting real cold because I'm so icy. <laughs> DeMarcus, good to talk to you. Looking forward to the season. Thanks for the time today. All right, thank you. From football to the basketball hardwood, Chuck Swirsky has an incredible story. 27 years old, making his mark in broadcasting. He'll explain that. Uh, But he's been the voice of the Toronto Raptors. He's currently the voice of the Bulls. He was doing some White Sox baseball this weekend. And just a diehard sports fan. The Swirsk is a legend. Chuck Swirsky, legend on On the Mark. We start out the conversation with Chuck. What actually is your favorite sport? Because you're doing baseball today. You were a basketball guy through and through, but you got some football love too. Which is actually the favorite for Chuck Swirsky? Well, it depends on the season. That's how I roll. And it sounds like a cop-out answer, and it's not. But the truth of the matter is that growing up, I mean, the major four sports, I grew up in Seattle. And so, in fact, um, Seattle did not have a major league team when I was a little boy. It was a triple-A ball club of the Red Sox. And one of the star pitchers in the Red Sox system, triple-A ball club, the Seattle Rainiers, of course, it was Mount Rainier as well, 
but uh, was Wilbur Wood, who had a terrific career with the White Sox. Then the Seattle Angels, the Triple A ball club of the LA Angels, California Angels. And then the Pilots came in in 69. I'm really dating myself here. But I love baseball. And then basketball, the Sonics uh, became an expansion ball club in 1967. And so I lived, ate, and breathed Sonics ball. I mean, it was great. Um, you know, we had a, a hockey team in the Western Hockey League, the Seattle Totems. And as far as uh, football, we didn't have a pro football team. The expansion Seahawks came in in the mid-'70s. So University of Washington was very, very popular. And that was really the football franchise in the Pacific Northwest, the Huskies. So I'm just trying to remember of that of those teams, I can name some Sonics. I got Jack Sigma. Yeah. Was uh, Dennis Johnson was a Sonic? Was he now before he was a Celtic? Yes. And I mean that's 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 Seattle needs an NBA team, Chuck. Yes, they do. I agree with you. In fact, uh, you should mention Jack. Jack and I are very close. He invited me to the Hall of Fame ceremonies that were conducted yesterday in Springfield, Mass. Long overdue for Jack. And I know a number of your listeners. Um, from downstate Illinois, remember Jack as a great player at St. Anne and then Illinois Wesleyan under Denny Bridges. But Jack and I have remained friends for over 40 years. He was a, an outstanding player with the Sonics, number 43, and I'm very, very proud of him. He's a great person, number one. And secondly, just to see how uh, his career blossomed in front of me from day one as a rookie to the point now he's enshrined in the Hall of Fame is fantastic. Let me take a left turn here because we're doing some history. How old were you when you were at WGN and you first started doing sports show? I was 27 years old, and uh, Dan Fabian hired me. Uh, we began talking late 1981. I joined GN in early 82. Uh, I was sports director at 27 years old, and I was doing pre-half and post on the Bears, pre and post on the Cubs, I was doing, actually at the time I was hired, I was doing uh, AM and PM drive. Uh, Wally Phillips asked me to sit in with him for uh, some sports casts. I was on with Bob Collins and Bill Berg. Uh, and then it just took off to Sports Central with Jack Brickhouse at 6.15 to 7 o'clock. So I probably worked on an average anywhere between 15 to 17 hours a day. But for a 27-year-old kid who loves sports, you named every team in the history of Seattle. This had to be beyond the dream at that point. Well, it was. I mean, you know, here I am, and I'm working with Jack Brickhouse, Harry Carey, Milo Hamilton, Vince Lloyd, Lou Boudreau. We got the Bears rights in 1985. We hired Wayne Larravee as voice of the Bears. Joining him in the booth was Jim Hart, an exceptional quarterback in his day, excellent broadcaster. Dick Butkus joined us, uh, Hub Arkush, who I had a relationship with almost from day one when I came to Chicago. And, I mean, it was an incredible experience to be around those names and what they've accomplished in sports year after year after year. And Harry, of course, is on both sides of town. Do, do you have a, a favorite Harry Carey story? On the air or off the air? The best one you're willing to give. <laughs> well, no, you know, one thing, I, I'll, I'll say this. The, the passion that Harry brought, was sincere and it was real and you know harry when he was with the white Sox, he was a different broadcaster with the white Sox than he was with the cubs and when he was with the white Sox, he was combative he was you know not afraid to push the envelope as far as um you know criticizing managers players and whatnot that was his style 
um, something that that's not my style, but he did. And then all of a sudden he goes to the Cubs and almost becomes a cheerleader, so to speak. Uh, but it became, became very, very popular. And really, with all the success he had as a broadcaster for the Cardinals, a brief time with the um, Athletics one season, and then with the White Sox, he hit his pinnacle of success, so to speak, as in popularity with the Cubs. And, I mean, you know, everything, the stars aligned when Harry joined the Cubs. I want to ask you one Bulls question before we uh, let you go here. Everyone's looking for a tick up this year, and some are talking about the playoffs. I think that's a you know that'd be a huge leap. How are you looking at uh, what's realistic for this team coming into the season? Well, the realistic thing is number one, they got to stay healthy, and when I say that, I mean they've got to stay healthy and put a competitive ball club with at least their starting you know nine man rotation, because really it's very very difficult. And you've been around watching every team to judge a ball club when they can't play or when your significant players, your core players, are unable to play because of injury. So that's what I'm hoping. If they can stay healthy, I'm very optimistic. I love what they've done over the last two and a half, three years, remodeling this roster and going in a direction. Um, you know, the talent they've got um, is on the upside, something that is very important to me because these players haven't even scratched the surface of their skill set yet. So I think if I'm a Bulls fan, I'm saying, okay, you know what? The pieces are starting to come together, and I'm excited to see this club grow. It's sort of similar to what's going on over here for the game you're calling tonight. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. Very much of a similar situation with the core group of what the White Sox are doing. They're going to pepper in veteran players, as the uh, Bulls have done, because I'm a big fan of Thaddeus Young, big fan of Thaddeus Young, even dating back to his days, briefly, of course, at Georgia Tech. But when he first came to the league with Philadelphia, wow. And every team... I've spoken to the Tadham, whether it's Minnesota, Brooklyn, you know, you look at Philadelphia, Indiana, they all rave about him in the locker room, certainly on the court. He's a, he really is a very durable player. And I think one of the best pickups of any club during the course of the offseason was picking up Thomas Sadoransky. Oh, wow. You Okay. I Somebody who can stabilize the backcourt, I guess, is how you're looking at it. Yeah, and he has some, you know what, I know it's overused. But he does play with some grit and toughness, something Jim Boylan likes. But I, I do believe there's still a, an element. I know we get carried away with the finesse of the NBA and the beauty of the NBA and everyone's running, and I want to run too. I'm a fan. I love to see the excitement of baseline to baseline, something that you know Kobe White's going to bring with a ball club, the guard out of North Carolina, number seven overall. But you still have to have some toughness. You still have to have a lockdown mentality that when you need to stop, you're going to get it. Or when you're down by five or seven points with less than two minutes to go, that the thought process is this game isn't over. We can win this game. We're just not going to you know, settle for a, a shot that's probably uh, not in the playbook or inopportune or whatever. And so I think what Sadoransky is going to do, he's a multi-talented player, well-versed in moving off the ball with the ball. So let's see what happens. Before they retire Two names I want you to say one more time in a Bulls uniform. Number one, Joakim Noah. Number two, Derrick Rose. I don't think it's necessarily right right now, and obviously Derrick's time with Detroit. Joe's still out there. But uh, it would be nice to see those guys end up back in Chicago, at least from my perspective. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll let the front office handle that, but I will say this. During my time with the Bulls, when Joe and Derrick were members of the organization, I can't tell you 
what a pleasure it was to be around them as people, number one, and secondly, as players. And, you know, Joe was the defensive player of the year in the NBA, always left it on the floor. And then, of course, Derek, MVP of 22, youngest in the history of the sport. So I just wish him well. I hope Joe finds a roster space this season. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. And, and I hope one day Derek's number hangs from the Raptors because I think he deserves the youngest MVP in the history of the league. Chuck, great to see you. Thank you very much. My final thoughts today, Danny Mendek was a lot like me, except for the fact that he did a million things that I never did, which includes right now getting called up to the big leagues in September. Where we're similar is that we both played baseball in high school. However, Danny continued to follow his dream and believe in himself and had no scholarship offers, but decided, you know what, where can I go play baseball? Oh, I'll go over to this junior college, which will actually give me a shot. And then he continued to work at it and got recruited by a four-year university. And then he gets drafted in the 22nd round and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and made it to the big leagues. Was not a guy ever thought that he would get to actually wear that uniform. So I figured our final thoughts could be a little bit inspirational today. Here's Danny. I was small. I was probably... I think I was like 150 pounds. I didn't have like any mass. I was a skinny guy. Out of high school, I didn't really have any offers. The only thing I had was Niagara um, College in, where is it, New York. I mean, it's up by, you know what I mean, up by Buffalo. And uh, I went there for a showcase and did really well. And the coach was like, you know, we might have a spot for you, we might not. And then I found out that they didn't have a spot. So I was like, you know, I want to play baseball. So I went to community college and got a look out of community college and then went and played at UMass Lowell and, and here I am. So you show up at the community college, you're like, hey, my name's Danny, can I play for your baseball team? <laughs> well, I had a bunch of buddies going there, so like, some of the guys in the rival, uh, rival schools in high school were going there, so that I knew of. I didn't really know them personally, but I was like, you know what, it's, it's a good opportunity and I'll get to meet these guys and get along and stuff like that, and basically kind of like showed up, yeah, I didn't have any scholarship or anything like that. Did you have the grades to go to a four-year university? I mean, I was an average student. I wasn't like, wasn't the best. That's for sure. Um, I would have had, yeah, I would have had grades to go to different four years. I applied to other schools and got in and stuff like that. But it was more of, you know, I wanted to play baseball, and it wasn't just, it was just for the love of the game at the time. Did you grow late? Were you one of those? Oh, absolutely. I think I had a growth spurt junior year of college, put on some size, um, and then senior year I was, you know, I was, I was still smaller than I am now. I was probably about 170 pounds, but. Yeah, that's when I hit my growth spread. I was a little late bloomer. I mean, I, I can relate, and that's a beautiful thing. So, okay, so you, you do two years at community college, then you get recruited, I'm assuming, by UMass Lowell? Yes, I got recruited. Uh, Ken Herring is the manager over there. He's still the manager, or the coach over there. And uh, him and Dave Bruss go back. They played pro ball together. He was my coach, or one of my coaches at, um, at MCC. And he talked, and they were like, I need a shortstop. Who do you got? And they were like, well, we have two of them. you got to come and check them out. So he came, and he saw us take ground balls, and he was like, you know, I like Mendick, and is he? And then he offered me, you know, to come there and play. So at that point in time, were you just thinking I'm a shortstop? This is what I do? No, at the time that year, I played second and short. I was every other game, me and my buddy uh, flipped. So it was good. I mean, that was good because I got to play both. Your role right now, and I think the way you're looking at your career is: look, I could play short, I could play third, I could play second. You could stick me in the outfield. You did this all season long at AAA. 
how did you get yourself comfortable all across the diamond outside just like being a baseball player? I'm thinking of Joe McEwing, bench coach here. I mean, he played all over the place too. Yeah, I think it just comes, you know, it comes down to being an athlete. You know, I grew up playing, I have a hockey rink in my backyard. So we played, you know, hockey growing up and I played basketball a little bit and stuff like that. I just loved playing all the sports. So when I go out there and play different positions, it's, you know, it's just trying to be athletic and having fun with it. And it's not really about being key honed in the position, but just trying to be, go get the ball. You know what I mean? Anywhere I play. It's not easy though, right? I mean, at third, that ball's coming at you. You had less reaction time, and you got at short. You got to have range, and then set yourself. There's a whole. I mean, it's a lot of different skill sets here. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, third base, you, it's more reaction, you know. So, and then shortstop, I don't have the greatest arm, but I'm gonna make sure I know how to use it. You know, there's a lot of guys in the in the league that have more talent than I do, but I'm gonna try to outwork them and and use my arm to my to my advantage. Where does the work ethic come from? Uh, I'd have to say my, my family. My dad uh, my dad worked his butt off, you know, and, and kind of proved that and showed it to me with his business. It wasn't even with sports. It was just with his business. And, you know, I kind of wanted to follow that. And and not just about school and, and work and business and stuff like that, but just in life in general, you know what I mean? And that's kind of where it's, it brought me to baseball, and I'm here now. What does Pops do? He's in commercial real estate. Yeah. He's one of those like up at six AM out the door types. <laughs> well, he has his own he has his own business now, so he yeah. can uh, kind of he's a little more lenient. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean. He came, started from the bottom and worked his way up, and really provided for my mom, my sister, and I. So it's it's awesome. A lot of respect for dad. A lot of respect for dad. And you, the, where what are you of the, of the Mendek sons daughters? How many are there? So of my family, I'm the oldest. Um, there's just me and my sister. So I'm the oldest. Boy, only boy too. Um, I got cousins. I got a cousin that's a, a boy, and then on my other side, just all three girls. So, so what was it like when you, you uh, told mom and dad I'm, I'm going to the big leagues? That was a pretty surreal moment. Uh, it didn't register at the time because it was weird. We just lost, and uh, we were in that playoff push, um, which was a tough game. But you know, once I when I called, I mean, my mom was sobbing, and my parents were just very excited because you know they've seen all the work that I've put in throughout the course of my life. <laughs> Thank you for listening to On the Mark with yours truly, Mark Carmen, which comes out every Monday afternoon. Please subscribe, give a rating, tell a friend. We very, very, very much appreciate you listening. Thank you to Richard Durante for all his help today. Alex Savis, you as well. We will see you next week. therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's better help h-e-l-p
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.